Hi there. Uh, my name is Larissa, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. And I want to thank everyone for their service and Heidi for asking me to to share on um, this chapter. We agnostics. Uh, I love this chapter, and um, although I had trouble with it in the beginning, I have to confess. Um, and you know, ironically, it was I had trouble with the God word, which is what it's addressing, right? The topic. So, but anyway, um, what I find interesting too is that Bill didn't call it uh, finding God, uh, which is what it was for me, really. No, he called it we agnostics, and I think in the the we, which is nice, is that you know he was including himself among us, right, among those skeptics, but also just uh, reassuring people like myself who were non-believers and uh, non-religious that um, that there's a place for us um, and that we can recover. And so providing that hope and, um, and arguments, you know, for belief in God too. Um, so uh, the other thing that I find interesting with the we agnostics is that maybe he didn't it was inadvertent, but in the program, uh, since I came back a year and a half ago, I've met a lot of people uh, who are believe in God, um, are part of religious organizations, and they've told me that frequently they had, um, you know, didn't lean into God, uh, didn't pray about disturbances or troubles or what have you. And so in a, in a sense, they were agnostic themselves. And I, I thought that was really interesting because uh, what we're really seeking uh, is, or what I've discovered in my own recovery is the spiritual way of life. Um, and that's really what the key is and, and finding my own conception of God. Um, or non-conception of God even, I go too far, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, for me, the other reason this is an important chapter is that it was a big barrier to accept a 12-step solution and 12-step program. Um, you know, the word God appears in the OA literature, uh, it's sprinkled everywhere, it's in the steps, and for me, I had been in to, I had joined OA at 23, left, come back at 30, left, um, came in briefly or in my early 40s, left again. And, uh, and I never found that spiritual solution. Um, and I never really understood, I think. Uh, I was desperate. I was desperate at those periods when I came in. But I didn't read the big book. And I certainly, I don't remember ever reading We Agnostics. Um, and the bedevilments were new to me. Uh, so it really was this major eye opener for me when I was going through the big book with my sponsor. And then we got to this chapter. And I knew, I knew all along in when I decided to come back. So let me just qualify as my, in my disease. I am a bulimic. Um, I was an overeater as a young child. 
I used food to um, deal with a lot of trauma and pain. And I lived in foster homes. And when I did live with my family, I lived um, with my mother who had mental illness and was um, abusive. So I, food for me was solace. It was calm. It was, you know, it was everything. <laughs> and um, uh, later on, when I got into my teens, you know, I started to gain a lot of weight and I discovered bulimia and really things spiraled out of control. And I would say for about 20 years, my life was very dark. Um, I lived life. I don't really remember that much. And um, in my 30s, I came back to OA. I joined this How program. I lost oodles of weight. And um, I kind of dabbled with the God thing, but I didn't really believe it. And I didn't really read the big book. Um, and then... But I knew, I knew about the allergy. And so I really stuck for about 20 years. I managed to control the bulimia, you know, even sometimes purging like just once a month, sometimes it would be twice a month. Um, but I managed to live a life, okay? And a lot of it was uh, the love of my family, also my work, I was a workaholic, but I was like a dry drunk when I wasn't binging and purging, really. I mean, I, I, um, I had trouble, you know, with people, I lost friends, um, I had arguments at work, you know, all the isms. Anyway, um, I did manage to binge and purge maybe once a month. And then what happened was a pandemic happened and I'm working from home. And all of a sudden, after 20 years, I start binging and purging daily. And sometimes my kids are in the house, in their rooms. Um, you know, one was online in school, well, two online in school. And here I am trying to hide all this, uh, this disease. So, you know, when I came back in, and I'm just going to uh, read this, um, I had to ask myself, or people asked me, I was having trouble with personal relationships. Yes. I couldn't control my emotional nature, yes. I was a prey to misery and depression, yes. I couldn't make a living, no, I was making a living. I had a feeling of uselessness, yes, certainly. I felt like I was a bad mom and I wasn't doing well in my work. I was full of fear, yes, crippled with fear. I was unhappy, terribly unhappy. I couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Yes, all of those. And, um, and, you know, I, I would say, you know, was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than me arguing over whether God exists or not. And, you know, this chapter, this chapter, um, it lays it out, really, you know, kind of it's embedded, it's Page 45, the sixth paragraph, you know, what is my problem? My problem is lack of power. And um, I need to find a power and it's not gonna be a human power. It has to be a power greater than myself um, if I'm gonna solve my problem. And that's what this, you know, this program, this 12 step fellowship is about. And I don't think I ever really understood that before.
or if I did, I chose not, I chose to ignore it. And this time around, um, at, you know, 53, when I came in, um, I just wanted freedom, freedom from the addiction. We can't hear you, Larissa. You should be able to unmute yourself. Can we hear you now? No. Yep, we can hear you now. No, you're frozen. Maybe stop your video and we'll be able to hear you. Oh boy, okay, let me turn off my video. Hello? Can we you guys can, hear me? Yes, we can hear you now, Larissa. And Larissa, you're at about 10 minutes, but I'll just add another minute for all of that falafel. And you do seem to keep freezing. I don't know I if think you she's can hear frozen her. again. Yeah, maybe she's got to go no, no image. Okay, she's back with us. I'm going to, uh, you're on mute again. I'm going to see if I can stop your video, Larissa. There we go. And now if you can unmute, we'll see if we can get a better signal with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong. Um, I'm actually on vacation right now in Florida. So maybe there's something with the Wi-Fi here. <laughs> sorry about that. My gosh. Okay, um, where was I now? Um, so uh, let me see. Okay. So for me, um, in this program, as uh, as somebody who was an agnostic or non-religious person, um, I really had to lay aside the prejudice and. Um, and this chapter helped me with that, you know, because it tells me, okay, number one, I've got to lay aside on my prejudice. I have to think about this intolerance that I have um, and deal with it. And I have to be willing, you know, willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And I have to seek, I have to seek this power too. Um, I can't just talk about it. and. Um, and these were really key for me because, you know, it's one thing to talk about God and, you know, but what am I doing on a daily basis, right? What am I doing when I wake up in the morning? Am I
think you're frozen again, Isabel. I mean, Larissa. Hello? There you are. We don't hear you again. Bear with us, folks. We'll give her a couple of more minutes here to try and get reestablished. We were on a bit of a run there. each other through my hotspot. It's all good. Are you there still? I'm here. Um, how, long, how long do I have left now? About nine minutes, Larissa. And we have lost you again, it would seem. What if we shared the lead? Would that be insanity to ask somebody to share for another 10 minutes? Or um, what if we open it up to sharing for a couple of minutes and send Larissa a number to dial in, maybe via ah. phone? Do you have that phone number handy, Amy? I'll find it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> awesome. One moment, please. All right. So in the meantime, we're going to open the meeting for, well, we can't do questions, but we could open it for shares. Um, as this is a big book study, sharing should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or asterisk nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host, the fabulous Yvonne, will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Uh, and I don't think we're gonna do questions, so let's go to shares. Hi, as I was asked to unmute, I'm assuming I can speak, <laughs> hi. Hi everyone, um, Susan Recover Compulsive Overeater, I have a little bit of laryngitis. Thank you everybody. Um, it's really rough when those things happen, it's the worst. Um, is she still here or no? I was gonna say thank you for your share. Um, you know, one of the things, thank goodness when we read Bill's story, you know, Ebby has this novel idea. I love the way he says that and why don't you choose your own conception. I know we're not in that chapter, but it's relating. Um, and he says, which was, which is the key to everything here, 
only a matter of being willing to believe in something other than myself, something other than myself who's constantly running me into the wall and getting myself into trouble. Um, and how all the way through it talks about having these spiritual experiences. And we have those wonderful pages in the back, which share with us how we can have this emotional rearrangement, which I just couldn't do on my own because I couldn't think my way out of the prison that I'd created in my head. Um, and, you know, it says here on page 44, we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. And there are certain warnings throughout the book. You know, if I don't have this entire psychic change, my behaviors are going to be repeated over and over and over again. Then when you get to the fourth step, there are all these things. If you don't do them, all of those impediments. And in my experience of all the times that I was coming in and out, you know, I tried to do it on my own power. And I've realized, because I've heard a friend say lately, I wasn't relapsing I just wasn't all the way in I hadn't made this decision to think that this wasn't working for me um and it takes 10 pages here you know everywhere there's a question there's an answer in this book but on page 45 where they say where and how are we to find this power we don't get an answer until page 55 which I, I think is amazing because they knew how many people were going to have this issue um, I didn't have the issue, but I really didn't understand how this was going to work because you only give God a ring on a Sunday night when you don't know what the heck a doodle you're going to wear to work on Monday. And these bedevilments on page 52 in 32 pages up to the 10th step promises, that's not that much. They changed my life. And the first time I ever read this in the personal pronoun, which I do with all my sponsees now, I read this in a room out loud with over a hundred people in a workshop. And wow, that was really, really powerful. And also to read it in that personal pronoun, it's really uncomfortable. But that's the place that I have to get to with all of this stuff because it says logic is great Time. stuff. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you. And thank you everyone for being here tonight. Thank you, Susan. Who else would like to share? Who would like to recover? Yvonne, thank you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yvonne, a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, grateful for today's recovery for sure. Um, yeah, it was such an interesting um, journey for me. Um, I had no idea when I, you know, decided I was going to go to OA that it was a spiritual program. So that was quite a surprise. Um, and it was also a surprise to find out how uncomfortable I had become um, with the word God, with this idea of a higher power, which had been a part of my life, but I had completely um, blocked that out as I'd gone through decades of abusing myself with food. And um, what I find just fascinating about my spiritual journey is that while I absolutely believe in a higher power, I have no ability to define that higher power. There's just not words like I, I don't have as a human being, I can't explain that. And I don't have to have a power that is the same as anybody else's power. Um, I can have my own conception of what that 
power is and how I implement it in my recovery. I don't have to understand how it works. I just have to have faith that it does work. And so those two things for me made it just so welcoming. And it is so, I guess, awesome to be back connected, reconnected um, with my higher power. Not that my higher power ever went anywhere. I just went on a really, really long walk. Um, And it took me a while to make my time back um, to that higher power and to really, you know, be able to trust. And, and there are times for sure, I still don't trust. I find myself, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get things my way again. And sometimes it's really hard to accept that I have no ability to control an outcome. I can wish something, I can want something to be it. So, uh, but that has absolutely no bearing on whether it is so, but I have to still have that faith that the outcome that happened was exactly what was supposed to happen, that it played out exactly as it was meant to. So, um, and the other thing that uh, that really stood out for me with we agnostics too was, I, I did have some of those prejudices. I thought, okay, I, I'm I'm on board with if you believe this or if you believe that, but oh, if you want to come at it from this perspective, um, or that perspective, then I, I'm not so on board with that. And that is something that I've really been able to set aside. It's like Yvonne, who are you <laughs> to think that you could possibly know or decide? what the right way is um, for anybody other than for you. So um, that's really helped me um, be able to set aside all those prejudices that I brought in with me. So with that, I pass. Thank you all. Thank you, Yvonne. I see Larissa is back on her phone. Larissa, do you want to unmute and give it a shot to finish up for 10 minutes? You might need to hit star six on your phone to unmute. Hi there. Oh my God. I have to apologize. I'm glad I have higher power. (laughs) We can hear you. Wonderful. Okay. That's good. That's good. Brilliant. Well, I don't even know where I was, but... Um, I have to just say, if I just finish with this, um, I, like I said, I had so much trouble, um, with the God part of the program. And just as it's described in here, he describes, you know, my lot uh, very well. And I really didn't think that, I really didn't think that recovery was possible for me but I knew I knew that I had to find something and um and so the the beauty of it was that you know this chapter along with discussing with people on these chat lines because of course you know I was asked to make three calls a day which I did grudgingly but it ended up being great great way to learn more about other people's experiences, because I would ask them. So I kind of applied, I work in business development. And normally when I'm working on a new project, I have to do a lot of uh, research. And so I kind of applied that and I applied, well, what, um, what is written in, um, at the end, in that spiritual, where is it, uh, 
the appendix, the spiritual experience. Um, you know, at the end, it's in it's in italics. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. And that last quote um, that um, basically um, that principle is contempt prior to investigation. So there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. So I took these two things um, and and I thought, okay, I have to figure out what this conception is of God is going to be for me. And maybe there won't be one, but I have to at least try. And isn't that, you know, what Bill in this chapter is telling us to do is is try, just give it a try. And and everyone kept telling me that that on these phone lines, you know, all you need is willingness, Larissa. That's all you need is a willingness. And so I kept that close to me. And um and I also I also started because I hadn't grown up with any religion, um, I started doing, you know, these guided meditations. I did them daily, um, which connected me in a different way. Um and then I started to uh, just pause, pause, ask a question. And again, this was something that I had learned in discussing with people in the program, this two-way prayer business. And I attended a workshop and they gave me tools to sit with some kind of a disturbance or a question and just sit with it for five minutes and listen, listen for answers. And you know, I got answers and I wrote them down and it, I couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. So um, I kept doing this. Sometimes I wouldn't get any answers, but for the most part, I seemed to tap into something, you know, something greater than myself. Do I know what that is? Do I really have a conception of it? No, I don't. And that's okay. And that I had a lot of trouble with too. Um, because I thought, well, if I don't have a conception of God, a clear one, then then I can't do this program. It's not going to work for me. But I found that by uh, doing that meditation and asking the questions that I have a program I have a way to live where I don't need to be um, in constant conflict with people. I don't need to be turning to food. I don't need to be yelling to my children and my children. I don't need, you know, I don't need to be living in this tumult, which was pretty much my life. And, and I have found that freedom. Um, it's not to say like, you know, it's not a Hollywood ending. Of course, I still have problems and I still lapse into thinking that I can solve this on my own, um, which, you know, happens, it just has been happening recently. I'm, I'm renovating a house right now. And, um, you know, there was about a week. I, I really think I forgot what program I was in. 
And then I started to just sit quietly, you know, ask my question when I had my disturbance and the answers came and I dealt with all kinds of decision-making that I didn't think was possible to deal with, you know, but I did lapse into self-will for a full week before I realized. Um, So it's, it's this constant reminder, you know, of working. And I guess that's why we work with others. That's why we show up to these meetings. Um, that's why we do our 11 steps. Uh, we need to know, you know, are we still working this program? Are we still giving ourselves um, to this greater being and asking for help and accepting, um, accepting the help? And I'd say that the beauty in this, this chapter is, and he's, he really goes to great pains to convince us, but that one of the, you know, the beauty of it is that he tells us that we are, um, that so many people before us have gone through this process and they've recovered, and that is the miracle. So why shouldn't we try? And that's what I thought a lot about, you know, when, when I first arrived and I was so desperate um, when I first came in, I really didn't, I didn't know, didn't feel like there was really any way out for me, um, but this program. And, and yes, that is a gift of desperation. I, you know, I see it like that now. When I first came in, I didn't. You know, I saw it as I'm a failure. I'm 50, whatever years old, and I'm just finally uh, giving into this program, you know, after all these years. So I did feel like a, a bit of a failure, but very quickly, once once I started tapping into that higher power or that inner voice or whatever it is, because as I said, I still don't have a clear conception of what it is. I found peace, you know. And I'm just to tell you, um, I have been since you know it's been about a year and a half now. Um, and since starting, um, in the beginning, my kids, one of my daughters said to me, um, Mom, have you gone evangelical? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I said, no, no, I haven't gone evangelical. She was really worried. And I said, you know, I'm trying to find a spiritual way of living. And w- would you have me go back to the old me? And there was just a silence. And this daughter, uh, this is my younger daughter, she, uh, during COVID, she wouldn't let me touch her. She was so angry with me and for good cause. And, you know, today she goes to school. She's in her last year of high school. She goes to school every day. And the gift I have today is that every day when she leaves the apartment, she yells out to the back of the apartment, Mom, I love you. And, you know, that is a special kind of miracle. It really is a special kind of miracle that that I could be in such a a bad place just a year and a half ago, feeling very hopeless and not seeing a way out and not having a great relationship uh, with either of my daughters to today where, you know, they want to be with me. They love me. I love them. We talk openly. Um, And that is... I think a testament to seeking a a spiritual life, really. 
and finding finding that peace, finding that serenity, showing up to the ones we love with love and kindness, um, even when we have to tackle different difficult situations, you know, to show up. How, how would God have me be? How would my higher power have me be? What is the loving, kind thing to do in this situation? I'm upset right now, but what is the kind, loving thing to do? So that I help this other person, we solve the problem, and we go, and we move on. And so that informs me today. And that is like got to be the greatest gift um, that I could ask for. So I think with that, I'll pass. I'm really sorry about tonight. And I had, you know, had everything, my outline worked out and so on. And it really didn't go according to script, but that's life. And um, and I look forward to hearing everybody's shares. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larissa. If we gave out badges, you'd get one. Thank you. Um, let's go back to sharing and questions. And um, if anybody has a question, Louise, um, give the um, please give her, uh, Larissa three minutes to answer the question. Who would like to share or ask a question? Sally, did you have your hand up before? Oh, go ahead, hon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Sally, recovered compulsive eater. Um, thank you. You did so well, Larissa. I, I was praying on this end that I hope she's not freaking out and like having a shame attack and, you know, doing what I probably do. So God bless you, girl. Um, you did great. Um, you know, it's interesting in this book, you know, there's all these chapters before we get to we agnostic. And so we get to read about, you know, like how screwed we are and, you know, what we've done with food and how it's messed up our lives. And then boom, well, guess what? What the solution is, is, is you got to believe in God, you know, and how if you have a wounded past, you know, that can make the hair stand up on your back and say, no way, no way. And um, in this chapter, um, pages between 53 and 54, the word faith is mentioned almost nine or 10 times. And for me, I, I had to just have a slight opening. I had to undo years of religious abuse of a God that was punishing. And, you know, you're fat because you're a brat, you know, and, and it took me a long time to get over it. And I still sometimes have remnants of that when something's not going my way. Okay, God, what did I do wrong? And the longer I'm around, um, the more I see that I have to give everything over to God. You know, I mean, I gave God my food many, many years ago, but I was still trying to run the career, the relationships, the number on the scale, what you thought of me, what happened is happening in my family's life. You know, I still had to get in there and, and, and run the show. And, um, I'm seeing that I, I, I can't do that because, um, when I do anything like that, my, my connection, and it says, I don't know exactly what page, that the most important thing in one's life is, is that connection. And that's where I am today, where I just, I'm more disciplined than I've ever been, where I get up in the morning, my, my knees hit the floor, 
and and I do prayer meditation and I I pray for God's will for me. And that's it because um that is what feels good now after all these years just putting my head on the pillow saying, you know, yeah, you didn't get your way because you, your way probably wouldn't have made you happy, Sally. And when I can surrender it all to God, every piece and every chapter and every issue in my life, and I want, I want to see results right away when I can really surrender that to God and get out of myself and work with others. God is working it out for me and giving me a better solution in the long run. So I'm, I'm at that place. Thank you. Um, I've missed this meeting so much. I've been diving into the steps in another program, but I haven't forgotten you all. Love you. Thanks. Thank you, Sally. Amy B. Hey there, Amy B. Compulsive Overeater, living very gratefully recovered from the food today. Um, thank you, Tony and Yvonne, Team Tuesday. Thanks, everybody here for doing service, and especially thank you, Larissa. Thanks for doing service on your vacation. Thanks for being a trooper and calling back in. And I mean, all of that, thank you for the service you've given to this meeting. And thank you for coming forward with um, more testimony about um, not, you know, a power of our non-understanding and how that works in this program too. So, so grateful for your testimony. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know, just looking at this book, um, some of the stuff that I really love in this book is in this chapter on page 55, where it says, we found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there, and it says that he may be found. This book uses that language. But the idea that it was the great reality deep within us, it exists inside me. And then later in the next paragraph, still on page 55, I love how it says, the consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. Not belief is sure to come to you. The consciousness of your belief, i.e. it's a great reality. It's deep down within us, whether we're consciousness, conscious of it or not. And by, you know, accepting that, removing the blockages, we get to sort of see what's already there. You know how sometimes I know I've had the experience of being there. It was there all along and I just couldn't see it. It's kind of like that. Um, and then one more thing that I want to say, just as somebody who also came into this program, having a problem with the God thing and, you know, having a constantly evolving and developing beautiful relationship with a power greater than myself, which started off um, with a lot of uh, close-minded denial. The end of this chapter a little bit of a bait and switch and I know that they did their best like I know this was really forward for the time in which it was written but this like you'll read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist and then it goes around and then at the end the last line when we drew near to him he disclosed himself to us and like as somebody who has taken a lot of hope out of a chapter titled we agnostic to have that be the last sentence um challenged me and um, I've done an exercise recently working the steps in a parallel program 
um, where I I'm rewriting pages 84 to 89 with my own, my own words, my own language. Thank you. I'll wrap up quickly. And one of the things that like has changed is instead of the line, be quick to see where religious people are right. I sort of say, you know, take the wisdom of the ancestors and those who came before. It's just softer. It says the same thing. So in that same idea, when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. When I sought divine guidance, I saw that it was there all along. That's just a way of, you know, maybe softening or making that language more accessible. Um, And you did that for us tonight, Larissa. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Amy. We're going to stop recording because I missed that cue too. So we're going to